Economics is the study of human choice in the world we live. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By investigating faith in economics, we can learn how they lead to human flourishing. This is the Faith in Economics podcast, a presentation of the Gortney Institute at Ottawa University. Welcome to our show today. I'm Paul McRae, producer and undergraduate scholar for the Gordney Institute. With us, we have Dr. Russ McCullough, the founder of the Gordney Institute and Wayne Angel Chair of Economics, Dr. Justin Clark, the Menard Family Professor of Philosophy and Ethics, and Dr. Peter Jacobson, the Gordney Professor of Economic Education and Research. Finally, we have with us Kevin Nugertetche and Joelle Pereira, producers and graduate assistants for the Gordney Institute. All right. Well, Peter's been burning up about some light bulbs, uh, some government intervention that leads us down the path of purchases all for the betterment of our lives. Um, we'll probably get into some other ones, but uh, you wanted to bring up the case of the light bulbs. Peter, what were you thinking? Yeah. So uh, to give listeners an idea of what's why I'm interested in this is uh, I have a, a relatively new house and uh, over the course of like a few months in this new house I've been like putting in light bulbs and I've noticed several of my LED light bulbs go out which is a little frustrating because LED light bulbs are supposed to last like years or at least like months and not like two weeks which is the life I've gotten out of some of them uh, and so this kind of led me down the rabbit hole of this whole conversation on, uh, you know, my first thought was I'll just stop using LED light bulbs. Like they're too inconsistent. I don't want to deal with that. Uh, and then I remembered that I can't stop using LED light bulbs anymore because they've gotten rid of the other types of light bulbs, incandescent light bulbs. Uh, and by gotten rid of, I mean, uh, since August, so at en end of July, beginning of August, a ban was finally levied on incandescent light bulbs, or at least most incandescent light bulbs. So how the policy works is uh, there needs to be a certain level of uh, energy efficiency. The standard is what scientists call lumens per watt. In other words, it's some amount of light, that's what they call lumens, uh, per energy unit used. And it turns out that this standard of lumens per watt uh, basically is incompatible with incandescent light bulb technology. Incandescent light bulbs just don't get efficient as efficient as they need to be in order to uh, achieve the right lumens per watt standard. So the only exceptions are like appliance bulbs, uh, because you can't have an LED light bulb in your oven for obvious reasons. Uh, and there's what are also the obvious reasons it'll blow up. No, I didn't. It's not the LED light obvious. bulbs are plastic. Oh, so they'll melt. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So actually, really you, you can find uh, pictures uh, of people who have done this. They've replaced their LED. Uh, they're, they've replaced their oven light bulb with an LED and like, they're like, what's going on with my light? It's you used a plastic light bulb. That's what happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it for appliance light bulbs. And then also, uh, I think just like sake of ease is the other reason, because a lot of those were made for like special light bulbs that there's not an LED analog. So like your overhead microwave light or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, they just don't have like an analog. But anyways, uh, so that's one reason. And another uh, reason, for some reason, you can still have like designer incandescent light bulbs. So uh, what are they called? Um, Edison bulbs. Yeah, like Edison bulbs. Yeah, so you, you can, can have like the element. Yeah, you can have these fancy uh, incandescent light bulbs. For some reason, this is okay for energy standards or something. We're allowed to have nice looking ones. Right. Uh, yeah. So the rich people uh, yeah. <laughs> still get their pleasant looking <laughs> that's, lights. That's uh, a good point. Uh, and so... 
this led me down to a rabbit hole of like looking into this. Uh, and so the first thing that I found is like my situation is actually not very uncommon, which I kind of expected that it was like some sort of like weird quirk with my house. Uh, what I and didn't when you said new house, it was new to you, but yeah. it's not a new yeah, house. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an old house. I'd say on the like very old side of houses. So yeah, <laughs> new house for me. Uh, and so I thought maybe it's my old house, right? Maybe it's the wiring or something like that. It's not compatible with LEDs. And turns out that's maybe part of it. But another part of it is that LED light bulbs function off of a system called a driver. And so inside the white base of the LED light bulb, there's what's called a driver, which is basically... Uh, the computer system that allows the LED light to work. Uh, so it's not like, you know, your standard, it gets really hot and it turns on filament. Like you have to have some sort of uh, computer system in order for the light bulb to turn on properly as an LED because it's not uh, just heating up anymore. In fact, it shouldn't be heating up as part of the LED system. Like the, the heat represents energy loss. Mm -hmm. uh, and since it's very efficient, it's not going to get very hot, at least in theory. Uh, and it turns out a lot of these drivers are really bad. Like it turns out they're not very good sometimes. And so, especially if you buy the cheaper LED light bulbs, which is what I buy, because I always, when I bought incandescent light bulbs, I did the same thing. I bought the cheap ones, because why would you buy more expensive ones? Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Seems like a homogeneous good. Like, yeah, yeah. More, you think a light bulb's a light bulb, I'll buy right? the great value ones. Um, and so, it turns out that uh, if you buy cheap ones, the driver will frequently go out. And so, if you've ever had like a flickering LED, an inconsistent yeah, LED, that. like that thinking. seems really dim... Uh, what you have is a bad driver in your bulb. And that means that the bulb needs to be replaced. Uh, there's no fixing the bad driver. You, you and uh, it's wait for the driver to sober up. <laughs> yeah, that's, you, you could do that. Uh, and so it, it's uh, that was the first thing that I found, but it's not just that. Like other things can cause your LED light bulbs not to work very well. So I did find that the wiring of your house might be incompatible with most LED light bulbs, which is a pretty big inconvenience uh, for people. Uh, you know, the, the the whole discussion about LED light bulbs, and you've probably heard the rhetoric, is it's okay that we're getting rid of incandescent light bulbs because LED light bulbs, even though they're a little more expensive up front, because they last so long, they pay for themselves over time, right? Yeah. But now, like, if you actually, like, look at things, it's like, oh, well, this is how much LED light bulbs cost. But it's now, wait a minute. Actually, they cost way more than that because if you want a good one, uh, you're going to spend, like, $10, not $3. Uh, to keep a good driver. Uh, and also your house might be wired wrong for it. So maybe just rewire your house and you, no big deal. And so I just wanted to talk about this uh, issue. And then the one other outstanding issue of LED light bulbs, which is that they make your house look like an alien spaceship. Uh, and it's actually pretty hard to figure out how to get them right. So I uh, wanted to put all of this on the table and have a discussion about it. Can I ask a question too, um, which is that you've looked into this more than I have, but I would suspect that even with the LED cost being higher, I would suspect there are still a bunch of uh, subsidies built into that cost too. So that mm. maybe even the oh. their cheaper overtime thing, actually, if you account for the subsidies, like that map might not work out. Did you find any of that or? I didn't, I didn't look too much into the subsidies. I guess I would say insofar as like their competition has been uh, regulated out, that that would drive the price lower, right? Because we have an artificial increase in supply. And so to some extent, the, the supply of LED light bulbs is a lot higher than it would be because incandescent light bulbs, by the way, the, the ban has been since 2007. So since 2007, the government's been saying we're not going to allow incandescent light bulbs. And just every year it's frozen. And yeah. Joe Biden decided not to freeze the. the oh, so he did officially. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember so officially gone it on, but I didn't really even realize it was 2007 when it was. So insofar as like that has caused the industry to, you know, 
uh, boost, there's there's been an increase in supply and a lower price. But yeah, I'd have to look into the subsidies. I'd expect that too, that there's like a green energy thing going on here where the price is lower than it would otherwise be. So Justin, you're bringing up something like windmills that the, the producer of the windmill themselves got some sort of subsidy from the government and maybe there's something similar going on with light bulbs. There wouldn't surprise us to have it. It might've phased out by now, but um, yeah, every time yeah, I see something. one of these green energy projects that's supposed to be like, oh, this actually is more efficient. And by the way, we're going to have to force you to do it. It's so efficient. Um, it turns out that when you look <laughs> under the hood, they have a bunch of these subsidies built in and the math doesn't make sense. And that's usually why they don't get adopted by the free market in the first place. Yeah. And here, here's an, uh, another uh, it might be a lot more roundabout subsidization. So another example of this uh, more roundabout way of government promotion of LEDs is uh, cities, when they replace uh, streetlights, now replace them with all LEDs, right? Uh, so th this is like a, a contracting subsidy where uh, cities don't buy the incandescent light bulbs anymore. So again, that increases the supply, which is going to lower the price, but not it, not really low, not lowering the cost, just lowering the monetary price because it runs through the government instead. In fact, you could see with some of these LED street lamps, more of the problems with LEDs. Uh, I know Justin uh, probably has seen it because I saw it coming back from your house the other day. We saw it in Wichita, Kansas a few years ago. I don't know if any of the listeners have been driving along it, along and seen like a purple LED mm -hmm. street light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The purple LED street light is another interesting issue where uh, sometimes the LED light, uh, the temperature actually gets too high. And when the temperature gets too high, that messes with the coating on the LED light, and that actually changes the color. And so a lot of these purple LED street lights that you're seeing around are just, an, again, another like defect with LED bulbs is that the heat can cause their color to change to this like eerie, uh, totally you know non-helpful purple glow, uh, which it doesn't happen to that extent in houses, but even in houses, the, the colors can change and dim over time kind of inconsistently. Well, there's some bad economics that probably contributed to this whole idea of what we'd call um, trying to solve a public good problem or an externality. Um, so we have the idea of the environment being ruined according to various estimates of scientists that we can kind of spend a whole podcast on, you know, uh, looking at how well can we actually estimate the cost of uh, the environment going down um, because of using incandescent lights, let's say. And so then, but let's just say we, let's just pretend that that's even possible, which is a super long shot. Then some, uh, you know, kind of basic economic models that you would have saw in traditional economics classes would be, oh, since we're uh, ruining the environment, since there's an externality associated with these incandescent bulbs, then this is a spot where government can come in and subsidize the consumption or production of these uh, these LED bulbs to kind of save the world. And it's not a big deal that we're spending this money because we're correcting a wrong where there was where there was real cost. And so unfortunately, there's been traditionally economists that would look at this public goods problem and externality problem and say, Okay, yep, this is a perfect spot for government to correct in uh, because private markets are failing to produce the right amount of light because the light that they're producing today with incandescent bulbs doesn't reflect the environmental damage that they are causing. And so they're kind of justified through that, what's called a kind of Pigouvian subsidy in this case, um, uh, to the problem. And uh, that's 
lot in a number of ways with the ways I did, but Peter, let me see what comments you got from that. Yeah, so th this is uh, definitely like, this is why government loves climate change so much and, and wants you to be very concerned about climate change. By the way, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying this is why so many people have such a vested interest in it, uh, is if we as a society accept that you're committing some sort of like externality crime every time you use energy, then actually every single thing that you do produces externalities. And therefore, every single thing that you do should be subject to regulation. Because as soon as we accept that like turning on a light produces a significant externality, uh, you know what uses more energy than turning on a light? Like exercising uses more energy than turning on a light for like a certain amount of time. And so it's like, uh, you know, well, you're exercising, which means you're uh, consuming and that consumption is taking food away from others and it's putting, you know, carbon into the air. And so there, there's no sector of life that goes unregulated if we accept that, like, the use of energy is a net externality, which, by the way, it's not. And here's how historically we know it's not. It's just gotten richer while we've used energy. And so on net, uh, it couldn't be the case that uh, the that energy use is a net externality creator because we've all grown wealthier. We would have to be taking away from society's wealth for it to be an extra net externality creator. So the use of energy is not an externality creator. It could impose some externality on some people. Like we can imagine that being the case. Sure. Uh, and just like we can imagine it, it's imposing a positive externality, which it is that that's how uh, we as a society have grown wealthier over time is a positive externality imposed. Uh, so, but th this is the logic that's used in, uh, this is the the reason for regulation, because one of the things that I mentioned, uh, I wrote an article on this, one of the things I mentioned is, if it were the case that these light bulbs were so much better, we would expect people to buy them. And by the way, to some degree, they did. Uh, and so I maybe some of that, as Justin pointed out, was because of the subsidy. But I think uh, legitimately, so like for some uses, LED lights kind of make sense. Like, you know, if I've got a shop with like, you know, that I go into like once every you know few weeks, and I just need a light on to see some work that I'm getting done. Sure, I'll use an LED light bulb. I don't mind if it looks like an alien spaceship in there. <laughs> uh, but for a lot of like purposes, like uh, you know, a really bad place for an LED light bulb in my experience has been like a bathroom. For some reason, the bathroom went short out all the time. The light that it casts is not really good for like you know shaving and stuff like this, or it, and it just looks really eerie. Uh, I would use an incandescent light bulb for those things, and and legitimately, I would purchase them right now if if I had access to non Edison incandescent light bulbs. In fact, I've even considered the Edison. But the the point that I'm trying to make here is that if LED light bulbs were truly superior on all, all margins, they produced the same quality of light. They did so at a cheaper cost overall. Uh, the upfront cost was outweighed. If all those things were true, people would buy LED light bulbs. Uh, now, one of the things that I've heard people say is you can't trust consumers. Consumers aren't that smart. You like you have to force them into buying the better light bulb and then they'll make the transition. This is a comment that's sometimes made. Yeah, it's like a, the nudge theory. Yeah. in behavioral econ. And this is a really bad argument. Here's why. Uh, one of the comments, one of the pushback I got back after writing this article was, no, you're not doing it right. LED light bulbs are actually just as good as incandescent for shedding light. And here's here's how. They'll say, A, it produces more lumens. And this is a word I've used before. And that's true. Lumens is like the amount of brightness that is shed. But lumens and color are unrelated concepts. And so you can have a lot of lumens in a white light or a lot of lumens in a yellow light or few lumens in a white or few in, in yellow. And so it's unrelated. So we don't want a lot of lumens in a very, very bright like blue light, even though we could have that. We don't want our houses to be blue, in other words. So this is regulated by another scientific concept called Kelvin. 
And so that's it's a temperature measure. But basically, the higher the Kelvin, the closer you are to a blue light. The lower the Kelvin, the closer you are to like a red light. Now, uh, most of what we experience in terms of light is a, a soft yellow light. That's like below 5,000 Kelvin. Sometimes people say 5,000 Kelvin, that's actually what the sun is. And so the gold standard is the sun. But of course, this ignores the fact that our atmosphere breaks up the sunlight. So we actually see a, a, more of a yellow glow. The problem is uh, with this idea that if you just find the right Kelvin, right, you find the right Kelvin and you find the right lumens and you have a driver that's not bad, then you can reproduce incandescent light. And I actually think that's true, but it's really complicated, actually. Like a lot of people would have to do like a lot of work to find, you know, what the right Kelvin is for what environment, all this stuff and make sure it has a good driver. This was a lot of research on my part. And so we can't at the same time say people are too dumb to make the switch to a better light bulb, but they are smart enough simultaneously to figure out like the four scientific measures they need to find like the better LED light bulb. It's like, this is contradictory. <laughs> Either people have trouble doing research and it stands in their way or they don't. Uh, and it turns out, I think they do. And that's why we need to give people access to the option they're familiar with. Yeah. And I'd say the, the argument back uh, would be, well, what about the poor? And what about the future generations when you brought up, uh, um, you know, when it when the argument falls short that, oh, we can't do it here, then um, government policy people tend to fall back on. Well, we got to do it for our, the unborn babies and the future generations. And so it doesn't ever seem to go away very fast. So we'll we'll pick up with that thought here in just a bit after our break. Ottawa University has an exciting new major, PPE, which stands for Philosophy, Politics and Economics. Each of these fields is interesting in their own right, but they intersect in ways that are important to understand, both individually and for your community. If you find philosophy fascinating, but want to make sure that your study of the subject is practical, if you enjoy economic analysis, but want to see how economic laws interact with moral principles, if you are interested in politics, but want to explore how economic and ethical realities constrain our political choices, you should consider the PPE program at Ottawa University. This spring, Ottawa University is organizing a PPE League competition or politics, philosophy, and economics. Students in this competition will compete leveraging the ideas of philosophy, politics, and economics in various events. If you're a professor or an advisor of college students and you're interested in your school competing in PPE League this spring, contact Peter, Justin, or Russ today. By 2030, the Gorton Institute will be known for its alumni, supporters, and participants who incorporate economic understanding with their faith in their careers, vocations, communities, and personal lives. We have some great programming going on for high school students. We have an online microeconomics class. Yes, you can earn college credit for $200 by taking an online class. It's affordable, flexible, layered with support. Our new online micro is optimized for you. If you'd like to consider some events for your high school students or that class, please contact Justin, Peter, or Russ today. All right, so we're back and uh, just uh, pick up here on future generations and the and maybe the current poor. So when we think about the current poor and uh, yeah, you should buy a light bulb. Uh, you you must not be good at math because you're poor because this light bulb is going to last nine years uh, with X amount of usage um, and it costs only $10 where your uh, incandescent bulb is only $2. And so uh, that $7 today for somebody who's on a real thin budget and it might be coming down to food and keeping the lights on at their house and other things, uh, that can be a bigger nut than we think. I mean, it's, sometimes it's easy for us, 
let's just say, I want to say normal income earners or median income earners, but I just want to say, you know, somebody that can, yeah, oh, two bucks for a light bulb, nine bucks for a light bulb, it's a light bulb. And yeah, I get it at last five years or six years or in Peter's case, two weeks. But, you know, I can I can find some money in my budget. So uh, it, it's definitely a reflection of how these types of policies disproportionately impact the poor, making it kind of a regressive tax is what we uh, call it in economics, where the poor lower income people are paying proportionately more than higher income people when we have uh, policies like this imposed. And so this is just one of one of many areas where that can be. And, and then uh, the future generation thing I thought from Peter's comments is just that uh, we can easily point to, oh, well, the again, the un, let's just say the imperfect science of what the cost will be in the future. We can spend anything today as long as we're you know, protecting future generations. And so uh, that's not exactly true. We, we have uh, the ability to adapt to uh, situations as we come upon them. And I, I found humans to be pretty resilient and can adapt pretty well. So I think uh, I'm not a climate change denier. It's it's changing, it's always changed. And so, but humans have the amazing ability to uh, move from flooding Miami to the not so flooding uh, hills of Carolina or something. And so a lot of this isn't gonna happen overnight and people will have time to prepare and um, make adjustments to their to their lives. So I think this is true with fossil fuels and, and other things. And I think um, while there may be some circumstances where there's uh, harm that can be immediately measured and, and corrected, and maybe there is a policy or a law that would need to be changed, I think it should be to things that are that can be measured so that uh, a better uh, cost benefit analysis can be done. But cost benefit kind of goes out the window with political items anyway so so justin what's your thoughts you you teased me with three things three mind-blowing concepts related to this what do you got uh look the poor thing is um you can state it really simply no but no poor person needs a, a light bulb that's going to last 10 years poor people rent um nobody takes their light bulbs with them when they move uh, <laughs> When you are uh, poor, you need a light bulb that lasts you till the end of your lease. And usually when your one goes out, you need one right away. And so it's uh, it does disproportionately impact the poor to make them buy a light bulb that costs $6 instead of a light bulb that costs 60 cents. Yeah. Um, and people will say, well, maybe the landlord should be, uh, maybe we should have a law that says landlords should have to provide light bulbs. Well, that doesn't help the person who needs a light bulb right now. Um, so you're just going to like pile more law. Like, and also just get capitalized into the rent yeah, price. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, so that's the first thing is that, um, this actually really does the only people this makes sense for are homeowners. Um, and a second thing to think about is that I think when, um, led light bulbs came out, the incandescent light bulb market had a function of kind of keeping the led light bulb market, um, uh, keeping them honest, right? Because if all of a sudden yeah. LEDs start failing really yeah. quickly, you can go, these don't even make sense. I'm going to go back to the 60 cent bulb. No, right? you're absolutely but right. As soon as you uh, eliminate those from the shelves uh, and the cheapest, you know, great price or whatever the brand is, you know, if those are, you know, 
just as um, I'm trying to search my vernacular for words that aren't curse words, <laughs> just as terrible as uh, you know what the life you were getting out of an incandescent bulb, then it's a huge net loss. Yeah, um, I was going to make that comment that the first ones I bought, they did seem to last. Like I was shocked. I have a rental property that I kept the porch light on twenty four seven for uh five six years i never turned it off because yeah. it was just sitting there and i wanted the light and i drove by it always expecting to see it go out it lasted five years on 24 7 that was the old ones i think you're absolutely right on that point and by the way this is exactly why you won't find like phillips making a big brouhaha about this or uh, the light bulb maybe big light bulb you know uh, it's <laughs> big more, bulb more uh <laughs> More who's dicky from the big light bulb agencies, right? Uh, because uh, you've now eliminated the uh, the demand for product that they don't have to make anymore. Yeah. Probably they weren't making great margins on the no. 60, uh, oh, yeah. 60 cent light bulb. And they were competed up by low cost providers, probably. Yeah. yeah. And the third thing is uh, Peter brought up those purple lights and he mentioned that he saw them when he was, uh, you know, escaping my godforsaken hell hole that I live in. I think that's where uh, I first saw him, too. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, Lawrence <laughs> actually does have a bunch of these purple lights. <laughs> yeah. And um there was a big article in the paper about it. So I didn't want to butt in when Peter was bringing it up because I wanted to pull up the article. Um, and it says, you know, well, to some, they're kind of cool, but to others, they remind them of a rave. We're talking about the purple lights. You see them in Lawrence, Manhattan and Topeka. Um, it's not intentional. It's actually a subcomponent of the light fixture that is prematurely failing. Right? Wow. Um, and, uh, it's not intentional. The device is just prematurely failing. So Evergy, which is uh, the power company Big energy. in Lawrence, <laughs> yeah. I forget what it used to be called. They changed their names. Every, it's like how Diebold, the uh, voting machine company, changed their names. So you just, you think it's a new company that you hate, mm -hmm. but it's actually been the same company the whole time. <laughs> they were um, Westinghouse. Oh, oh, Westar. Yes. First Westinghouse, then Westar. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, then it says, look, it's they were failing early, but we're going to replace them, right? So uh, they didn't have a timeline for when Lawrence's were going to be replaced. But they said the idea is that we will have uh, no purple lights or no blue lights within four months in Lawrence. <laughs> so maybe that's on the horizon, mm -hmm. right? Until you look at the date for the article, and it's March of 2021. <laughs> Classic. And so, what that means is, um, look, these these things fail. And I think a lot of times when people put out this, oh, like the LED light, it's better than the incandescent light. They're comparing like the best performance of the LED to the actual performance of an incandescent bulb. And we know that incandescent bulbs fail. Um, I think everybody's had, you know, where you shake it and you hear it bounce around. And yeah. go, the LED doesn't break like that, right? But it does do all these other things. Um, and so, the, you know, I don't even think, so this goes back to my quibble earlier. Like, I don't think the price comparison is right because my intuition is that if I look under the hood, there's a bunch of subsidies in there that yeah. aren't accounting for it. And I also don't even think that the... Uh, Ignoring the subsidies, I don't think they're doing an apples to apples comparison on performance because my anecdotal experience is like Peter's that yeah. these things are failing much more often than they're promised to. Um, and then the final thing is, even if both of those things were correct, it still doesn't make sense to require people to pay upfront for 10 years of lighting when 
what most people need is six months of lighting yeah because they're tenants not uh yeah not owners yeah i did find by the way i mean i'd have to look through they've got a whole database here but there are both federal and a lot of like municipal subsidies and rebates for led manufacturers and also commercial properties that use them well shockingly not replacing the purple bulb probably passes the cost benefit analysis so they're actually all of a sudden being rational that hey purple light it's 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 serving the safety the aesthetic of it looks bad but you know, it, it's at least lighting the way and, uh, you know, the cost of changing out the purple light maybe doesn't pass the cost benefit analysis of providing more safety with the new nicer white looking. It's purely vanity at that point. And so um, shockingly, maybe and, and they don't have any subsidies for replacing the old purple one. So it, it stays. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, Justin, I think brought up part of it. This is like a two-step argument and mistake that's made by people arguing that we this ban on, on incandescence is fine. And the two-step is, first off, what just, Justin just pointed out, uh, which is to say that um, the efficiency kind of price argument that's made uh fails because these lights are of like different quality that's one thing and so uh we can't compare like the best quality led to an incandescent light bulb but then use the worst quality price led with the incandescent light bulb and that's what's yeah. done is when they look for like oh what is an led light bulb cost they search for the cheapest one and the cheapest led light bulbs and you could go to the dollar store and see this are the ones that are like rated to make plants grow like that's what they're for it's like this bluish white light you know seven thousand degrees kelvin like a, a really like alien gross light that you don't want in your house i have some in my kitchen right now from the last owner i need to find some good edison light bulbs to replace them with it drives me crazy um and, you know, those are really cheap. That's what you'll see at the dollar store. And that's, by the way, we talked about poor people. That's what poor people are now going to have to buy to light their house. If they want the cheapest bulb, they're going to go with this one that makes their house, you know, look like very sterile, like, you know, Batman's headquarters or something like that. <laughs> uh, and that that's the cheapest one. And if you want one that's going to last you longer, uh, you're going to need to A, do the research to figure out what the right Kelvin is uh, and also buy a more expensive one with a better driver that's going to last you some time. Uh, and I think that's a, a good point, Justin, that I hadn't thought of that uh, the incandescent competition kind of prevented even the low ends, in fact, especially the low end LEDs. Yeah, no, I so think that cheap. was a great insight. Uh, and so, again, I actually don't disagree that there are plenty of cases where the LED light bulb is superior. Uh, there are times where you can find the right Kelvin and a really good driver, and it's going to beat out the incandescent light bulb on the cost benefit analysis. Yes. But it is not a strict comparison of lumens per watt compared to price. And that's how the government justifies it. If you look at, uh, it's either the Department of Energy. Uh, yes, yeah, the Department of Energy, not the EPA. The Department of Energy website, FAQ about this. Uh, it it will say, uh, you know, one of the questions is, aren't these light bulbs like dimmer than normal ones? And say, no, they produce more lumens. And it's like, yeah, but that's not what people are talking about. They're talking about the fact that like the cheap version of these lights are really, really white light that don't help them see like a nice yellow light does with color. Uh, another example of uh, some like failed measurements is there's something called uh, the color uh, spectral index or something like that. Uh, and what that index does is it measures like how well a certain light allows you to see the full spectrum of the rainbow. And incandescent light bulbs have a 100 rating uh, on the uh, whatever the color spectrum index, something like that. 
uh, LED light bulbs, uh, some of them have 100. Again, you can find uh, those with 100, but the average light bulb out there has somewhere between 80 and 90. It's it's a worse visual uh, in terms of like seeing different colors. And so, yeah, the scientific measure of lumens is higher, but that doesn't mean you can see better because people, when they're talking about visibility, they're not talking about lumens. And this is how so many government regulations work is like you get some gobbledygook of like some combination of science and like technocratic language and bureaucratic language and you arrange all of this language in the right way so that, oh, look, this is obviously superior. Meanwhile, you ignore all the things that people actually care about uh, when they purchase something in lieu of like this scientific measure, which is totally arbitrarily picked. So pun intended, uh, this podcast has been very illuminating <laughs> in terms of some things that we can do that uh, Hayek would recommend on um finding ways to increase competition through government changes, I'll call it policy. And I I, I kind of want to throw this back to you guys. What, what's the chance that other people will listen to our podcast and support the removal of the law of banning incandescent lights through the argument that basically unraveling it introduces the competition that got sucked away that Justin pointed out and now we start getting better competition in the LED market because of an incandescent uh, competitor. Um, I think that's uh, an interesting argument of how, at least showing people that are kind of anti-competition, frankly, uh, it, with the competition scares them, they don't like competition, but I think it's a great example of how competition keeps our businesses uh, operating effectively and in serving the consumer and the general public the chances of that happening are zero um <laughs> you know i'm always high in the sky here on well, i would hope the better chances are are for people realizing that whenever these things get put forward um, that they realize the kind of uh cheating that is going on which peter just laid out whereby government agencies kind of create a map and then uh mislabel the map and then uh try to mistake the map for the territory and tell you that everything's going to be okay the biggest analog i see this um possibly happening like the light thing pisses me off and uh like peter like i don't like the bright white light uh, but i see something similar happening with um the move to um synthetic meat yeah. um, so mm. uh I, I, well, that sounds and, like our next podcast. And that would be something that I think people uh, yeah. would and ought to go to the barricades for. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we can print it. It's exactly the same. Look, this in this sense, in this one measure, it's going to be exactly the same. We promise, right? Or, yeah. uh, and and in, in a more important sense, it won't be the same, right? And that's, that'll yeah, it, Justin's right that if you go on back and listen to our Map Territory podcast, this is a great example of, uh, someone trying to use a map to trick you and like ignore make you ignore the fact that they're like reshaping the territory to be worse right and like look here's this map here's the borders the borders aren't changing meanwhile like they're plowing down the trees or something like that uh yeah my uh, here's actually my biggest hope with this this is the best case scenario for me best case scenario for me is you get like a trump like populist i'm not saying trump in office who at one point uh does yeah. the trump thing of like these light bulbs are so much worse and actually trump has gone on to this right. issue just like he went on to the, like the toilets and the washing machines which he's actually right about all that stuff but regardless 
if you get someone like that who temporarily unlifts the ban and the market actually starts producing them, I know I'm going to go buy 12,000 uh, incandescent light bulbs. So that's for me, the, me yeah. the best case scenario is this becomes an oscillating ban on ban situation. Yeah. At some point it will be lost uh, because uh, you'll eventually get like a, a boring conservative in there who's like totally uninterested uh, in like reversing it. It'll just become the new normal that it, the ban stays around. But I do think like there's a great profit opportunity for people sitting at home. Uh, if it ever gets on bands and you like incandescent light bulbs, I recommend buying a bunch of them. There's actually some people who did that, that this last time. There's like a guy who has to stock about like 6,000 incandescent light bulbs or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's one way to do things. So I think you're right that real quick that uh, if it would have to be a, like, I don't think you're going to get this by doing the thing we just did, which is like unravel their argument right. for it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's no, it won't be a lot. I think you're going to get it if you get it by somebody who says, like, these lights are for dorks. Let's bring the old <laughs> ones back. Like, right. straight That's from right. the gut. Just right. like, and, and I think there is a good political argument just on the poor side. We used to be able to buy light bulbs for 60 cents. And now, you know, I'm bringing back these light bulbs, you know, whatever. I think it could be a short political get without going through all the logic we did as well so let, let's hope for that um yeah so we've got illegal markets that uh hopefully would pop up maybe this guy with six thousand incandescent bulbs i was kind of thinking like unlike alcohol and let's say pot or other drugs it's pretty hard for an underground market to bubble up right like you got oh yeah we got this manufacturing plant that we're hiding in the in the backwoods where we're making incandescent bulbs and Hey, they're only a buck fifty a piece, and you know what I mean, like a side hustle. It's so, a little different. So the, than the, drugs. Only, the only way this will happen, I actually do expect it to happen eventually, is I believe that like things are going to straddle the line between Edison bulbs and just like normal incandescent light bulbs. I've already found a few uh -huh. Edison bulbs that let, they just look like a normal incandescent with a like little, a little pinch on top or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so I could see that being the direction that companies move insofar as it's cost effective. But yeah, I agree yeah. with you. There's not going to be like a guy with a trench coat with like a bunch of, <laughs> you want to buy some hey, incandescent. Look at this, <laughs> arrangement of bulbs. And I guess around the world, I assume incandescent bulbs are still the vast dominant bulb being made. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't I, know if you could smuggle bulbs in, maybe, but they're they're kind of bulky and they're light and they break. So I think it, that's why we need to expand the American American military empire. Really <laughs> we must defend our borders against light bulb externalities. Yeah, incandescent bulbs. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we've gone off the rails on this one enough. So. Uh, that was fun. And uh, yeah, synthetic meats. Uh, I didn't even bring up dishwashers. I got burned yeah. on a couple dishwashers that are, it's just insane. So I think there's a lot of the, let's just call it light bulb analogy to government intervention out there. And uh, probably a lot of different ways we can make the world a better place uh, through removing some of these uh, policies and enhancing competition in, in various markets. So this has been a presentation of the Gorton Institute here at Ottawa University. I'd like to thank you all for listening. A five-star rating helps other people find us. Uh, please pass this along to your friends and family uh, through email, snail mail, giving them a phone call and telling them our Faith and Economics uh, podcast over the phone. You name it. We got lots of different ways to communicate nowadays, that's for sure. Other than that, be fruitful, multiply. Thanks.